Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Internet Marketing. Welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast from Site Visibility. I'm joined by a very special guest today, James Mulvaney. Is that how you pronounce your name, James? Mulvaney? Yeah. Mulvaney? Mulvaney. James Mulvaney. Yeah. Mulvaney. James Mulvaney from podcast.co and many other businesses as well, James. Can you just uh, explain to our listeners some of the other projects and companies you're involved with and what you do at podcast.co? Yeah, so I'm a bit of a podcasting and sort of radio cheerleader, really. I have uh, three different websites or businesses uh, th basically through two different companies so we've got radio.co which is an online broadcasting platform for radio stations handles everything from play out to streaming to statistics it's like a radio station in a box and at podcast.co we have a platform for podcasters which makes it super simple to start a podcast get it distributed to all the major channels so apple Podcasts, spotify google etc and also more recently as part of podcast.co we've launched a spin-off project called matchmaker.fm which is a platform to connect podcasters and guests we're kind of billing it as like the tinder for podcasters so very busy at the moment lots of stuff going on uh and 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 really one of the things i'm doing at the moment which is why we're speaking today is i'm, I'm setting myself a challenge to record uh, uh, be a guest on th 30 podcasts within 30 days so Super packed day, but been talking lots about podcasting, having some really interesting conversations so far as well. We'll probably touch in conversation on all three of those companies, but where are you at today in terms of number? How many out of 30 have you achieved so far? Uh, so this is the number number 14, I think. Uh, 14. And yeah. uh, we've, we're recording another podcast for my personal podcast, The Advertising Hour. So I'm assuming that will be 15. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, brilliant. So you're, you're, and was this for uh, to achieve for the end of May? So are you on schedule? I think we'll probably hit it. I'm kind of thinking to myself, right, okay, well, if we don't do it within 30 actual days, I could kind of like twist it to 30 working days because obviously I'm not recording on Saturdays and Sundays. So I can give myself six weeks, but I actually think, I think it was the 27th of April when I first started this challenge. Um, so obviously I've got another sort of 10, 12 days. So I think, yeah, we, we might actually get there or be at least very close. And uh, we were talking just before we started recording about your schedule for today. I know you, I think you've got six podcast you're fitting in today around that number yeah so i really appreciate you taking the time out and uh let's try and make this enjoyable for you so you don't feel drained by the end of the day i'm sure it's quite a challenge a mental challenge so uh i'm really looking forward to speaking to you and today speaking to you about the topic uh common obstacles in podcasting and how to overcome them and the yeah. reason uh when i was thinking about this this topic to discuss with you you are a 
uh, a leader, uh, I guess a thought leader in the podcasting space. I know you've got tons of experience. You explained at the beginning. Mm. And so podcasting is such a broad topic. I wanted to think about what's the most useful information I thought you could share with me and our listeners at this particular time. And it's really a struggle with podcasting because you can go in many different directions. But I was thinking about the the economy, the climate that we're in. Um, I know myself that it forced me into a position where I was thinking, right, I really need to focus on this podcast that I've been planning on uh, launching. So I've been putting in the time and effort to get it sorted. I imagine lots of other people are in that position. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and and for me, um, it was there have been so many obstacles and perhaps ones I've put in place for myself about why I haven't launched a podcast till now. And also why we, ha- we haven't made some changes to the podcast that you run right now, the Internet Marketing Podcast. Mm. So uh, I thought it was a good time to discuss the common obstacles. Um, so in terms of the, is that in terms of what I just discussed in terms of the current climate, yep. people wanting to launch new podcasts, that being a, a, a booming time for podcasting, is that what you're seeing across your businesses? We've definitely, with radio.co, interesting, we've seen a huge increase in people starting projects. With podcast.co, we have seen an increase as well, not quite as drastic, but across both channels you know the streaming um, services and entertainment industry seems to be doing well from from the current crisis and i would suggest that you know on both of these both of these businesses we've we've done well as a company but also interestingly as well we're seeing more demand for listeners as well so uh, on radio.co at peak times we're getting three times the amount of traffic tuning into to our clients radio stations than we would have done you know, say in January. Um, so a huge boost in, we've had to actually scale quite a bit of our infrastructure to keep with the, you know, the excess demand. Um, podcasting listeners as a whole have stayed about level. And it's interesting comparing the two mediums because I think, um, you know, podcasting is almost like an evolution of radio. But I think also, that, you know, radio, this live thing is has something, has a sort of more personal touch perhaps, you know, because people know that it's live. And I think that's why radio is seeing more more listeners because everyone's in lockdown rather than sort of relying on sort of Spotify playlists, which are quite don't have that personal touch. People are tuning in to, to live radio because, you know, there's someone on the other end of the line almost. So I think it's quite interesting. But uh, certainly, as I say, we are seeing growth. And I think people are using this time to start podcasts um, because, you know, it's something that's been on the to do list, especially a lot of marketers and businesses. Um, I think everyone's kind of catching on to the point that now you really kind of need a podcast as as part of your marketing mix as a, as a brand or a company or a startup. And it's a great way to to engage with people as well. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing an uplift. And in terms of your history, you've been in, involved in podcasting for quite a while yeah. now. How does this compare to other uh, peaks in podcasting? Uh, I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but possibly an early peak when it started about 15 years ago. I know. I think there was a peak around five, six years ago, yeah. and now it seems like there's another peak. But um, how does this compare for you? Is it is it the busiest it's been? I think so. I think it's become a lot more commercialized, uh, and that's for the better. If you think about when podcasting first came about, say between 2004 and 2010, it was really just reserved for enthusiasts, um, both in terms of listeners and also people presenting them as well. Because you know, to listen to a podcast, then you had to download a file onto your computer, then transfer it onto your iPod, which was quite a complicated process. And that's not something that most people could really do, or it was a bit of an effort to go to. 
Um, whereas obviously nowadays, you know, you can stream an episode wherever you are via 4G. Uh, you don't have to necessarily download it. You, you know, and also you can browse through podcasts on your phone. You know, back then there just wasn't that capability. So I think that's driven part of this resurgence, uh, you know, in the sort of the, the mid 2000s. Uh, sorry, mid 2010s. But I think more mm. recently, over the past two, three years, we're now seeing mainstream uplift. I think even five years ago, say even 2015, if you went up to someone in the street and said, Do you know what a podcast is? You know, you might get some people saying yes, but I think still there would be quite a few people saying, No, I've no idea, or, or, or something mm. that they hadn't listened to a podcast. You know, they might have a vague idea of what it is. Whereas nowadays, I think partly driven by there's lots of celebrities now doing podcasts, that encourages the general public as a whole to sort of start listening and 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 drives up consumption it's funny you mentioned that that's um one of the key reasons i was just thinking about my personal experience with podcasts i've been listening to listening to podcasts yeah for probably around eight years but back eight years ago i was listening to one or two podcasts that were released maybe bi-weekly or monthly but now i tune into podcasts particularly my favorite podcasts are weekly or bi-weekly and they are I guess they're just, uh, I, I look forward to them. I anticipate them. I'm excited for them. Uh, I subscribe to them. Yeah. It's a It's a very different, it's become part of my daily routine almost. Um, whereas it was something that I would do maybe at, or listen to ad hoc uh, back eight years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, I agree with you. The I, I'm interested in the comedy space and particularly for comedians. There's loads of comedians with podcasts. Totally. And they've really started to use that as a, as a revenue stream and a and a way to build a loyal audience. So on on the topic of um, I guess benefits of podcasting. So there are obvious marketing benefits which we don't necessarily need to get into detail uh, in terms of building relationships um, from an SEO perspective. If uh, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with that, there are uh, ways to generate links mm. from a social media perspective. It gives you content to talk about and repurpose for for social are there any other benefits that you see to podcasting um that are perhaps not widely known or not talked about often well i think you you touched on relationships now i know a lot of people who have guests on the show specifically for the purpose of business development because you know if you're trying to get through to a key decision maker or you know, someone who's a, who's a head of a company, CEO, founder. Generally speaking, if you ring them up and say, oh, can I speak to so-and-so, please? Uh, you know, what's this about? Well, it's sales, blah, blah, blah. No, of course, the answer is going to be no. It's very difficult to get direct connectivity with these people sometimes. But if you ask, well, do you want to be on my podcast? Of course, there's going to be more of, um, it, it kind of helps break down the barriers for the gatekeeper. And, you know, you have a genuine conversation with people and they're building, you know, you're then building that rapport with that person. Um, so I think from a business development perspective and networking opportunities, there's a lot there that people perhaps don't quite understand and they just sort of see it as a as a medium. I think as you clearly touched on, uh, backlinks are important as well. And also, um, you know, we're seeing more and more businesses using it for internal comms as well. So, so employee mm-hmm. engagement, particularly in larger organizations. I was actually doing a presentation for uh, NHS Digital uh, back in March because they're kind of keen to start using the medium as um, a way to communicate with staff and again there's so many interesting things you can do there because it doesn't necessarily have to just be one person you know sort of broadcasting to, to, to the masses you could get people involved so you can have different people from different departments getting involved with the conversation it's a lot less intimidating than sticking a video camera in front of people's faces as well so you know mm. if you you're just in a room having a sort of roundtable discussion you can easily record that people won't even know it's being recorded almost 
And I think therefore it becomes more of a natural form of communication. As soon as, soon as you get a video camera out and say, right, speak to the camera, I think a lot of people just kind of freeze and don't really know what to do. Uh, so, so, so yeah, there's, there's, there's tons of benefits, I think, outside of, you know, obviously marketing, you know, you can have a podcast and, you know, obviously it will be good for business development in terms of you're reaching a new crowd or you can use it to engage more with your customers. So tons of different methods that businesses can use it for and marketers. Yeah, that's a the the fascinating point that you touched on in the, as you were talking. There is the the internal communication benefits. I wish I could remember. It might have even been podcast.co content that I've seen, but there was a either an article or a guide where I I saw about the uh, how how younger people in particular, or I think it was twenty to forty year olds, how podcast consumption is increasing in that demographic, yeah. and then why it makes sense to subsequently invest in an internal podcast to deliver internal messages mm. to that demographic. Um, and again, we were just talking about over these last 10 years, if there's, if podcast consumption has increased um, over the last five years in particular, or even you just mentioned the last three years, then of course it makes sense to invest in an internal podcast, even, uh, even if you're just doing it to communicate internal messages mm. within big companies. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I mean, the, the so, benefit of doing that, of course, as well, is people don't read emails anymore. You know, they, they, it's easy uh, yeah. just to skip past them. So having a podcast is just another way that you can kind of get your message across. Mm, that might be a, re- mm. a really interesting way. If you, there's a good, good piece of advice. If our listeners out there are, you know, in medium, large size companies, you're struggling to get cross departmental communication mm. flowing maybe the podcast is the way through um there you go a gem already that's uh, that's why we've got you on for uh nuggets of information like that james yeah. so thanks for that um so um moving on to the topic that we were discussing at the beginning common obstacles so i think i've seen some of the most common obstacles that we're going to break down as time mm-hmm. money not knowing the topics to discuss and then the technical savviness or the perceived technical difficulties of launching a podcast we're going to jump into all of those of course but if we could if we could start with um if we could start with time so just speaking from personal experience one of the things i'm struggling with this will actually be really helpful for me is that i'm still trying to figure out the best way to build podcasting into my daily schedule um and really the goal for me is to keep consistent um and i i've seen this out there in for other podcasters that you know, maybe you launch a podcast, you record one or two episodes, and then it kind of falls off. And that's typically down to some difficulty with building into a schedule and organization. Have you got any tips for that for keeping consistent and keeping on schedule? Yeah, so I think that's a really important topic. First of all, you mentioned that there's yeah lots of podcasts out there where they've just done one or two episodes. And the problem with this is, of course, if you're starting from nothing, if you don't have a big pre existing audience, and if you're a business, you've got a marketing list. First thing, you need to be pushing your content to them as well. Don't just h- upload the podcast and hope they'll find it because they won't necessarily find it. But just starting and doing a couple of episodes and maybe I think people assume that suddenly they're going to get loads of people listening straight away. Of course, that's not the case. You've got to work on it for a significant period of time, sometimes even like a year before you really start getting traction. As I say, unless you perhaps have a good pre-existing mechanism to, to push it out to people. Um, but I think that the main thing to do is you know, be realistic and set yourself a schedule. My, with my personal podcast, Create, Reach, Inspire, I don't have the time to devote recording episode, you know, every single day or every single week even. So I do it in series. So I did sort of six uh, or eight parts for, for season one and the same with season two. And that kind of gives you the time to really focus on, number one, making that season really good. So you're not just kind of creating content for the sake of content because sometimes that can 
you know, really fatigue you. I think we've all been there as marketers where you sort of feel like you're sort of, oh, I've got to create this for the sake of it, you know, because I've said I'll, I'll set it. So if you're, if you're focusing in on saying do six episodes, but just make them really good and plan them and make them excellent and make them really valuable for your customers or your prospects, you know, that's going to be more efficient than just saying, okay, let's just roll out 52 episodes over the next year. Um, and, and, you know, you can then have a little break between series as well. But make sure when you're actually releasing those episodes, so if you say record eight episodes, you can always do them in advance as well. Um, make sure you're releasing them according to a consistent schedule, you know, during so every week or every two weeks or once a month or whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of like my advice is if you're thinking about starting a podcast for your business, but you're scared that it's going to just be kind of all encompassing, just just stick to doing season one, see how that gets on and then look at season two and just sort of break it down into manageable chunks. Uh, that's really interesting. I, I never really thought about it that way. Um, I actually, it's funny, I've not thought about it that way, but I do listen to some podcasts that break down into seasons yeah. and, and maybe have a six month or even year break between seasons. Um, so yeah, great piece of advice if you're struggling to think of how you're going to keep things consistent. Yeah. On that topic, you touched on... Um, uh, you didn't uh, use the phrase but I guess uh, bulk recording so recording multiple episodes in a day I guess what you're doing today yeah and I alluded at the beginning of uh, uh, as we started talking that perhaps that's draining I don't actually know I've never gone through recording several bulk episodes <laughs> in a day how are you finding that is it draining is it enjoyable what are the pros and cons of doing this it? is my first day where I've done six in a in a single day oh, okay. uh, however okay. I've been regularly kind of doing two or three a day uh, you know oh, well. again I think Having a little break in between episodes is good. But then, of course, as well, um, what I'm doing at the moment is you sort of commonly referred to as a podcast tour. So which is basically when you do a concentrated effort to appear on you know, X number of podcasts within a specific time frame. This is done a lot by authors in particular uh, when they're releasing a new book because you can single out podcasts that you think really relevant to the topic of whatever book you're releasing uh, and, and go on them and speak about your book. And you, you've got a lot of content to kind of go over them because you, you've written the book, right? Um that can also be a good way for, for businesses as well. If you, you're not really ready to commit to yourself to doing your own podcast, just start appearing on some others, you know, because it kind of gives you familiar with the format. And obviously it will help you practice your, your speaking ability and that sort of thing as well, which is you know, a great skill to have anyway. Um, but, you know, it, it means that you're not necessarily committing to sort of doing it yourself. So I think that's a, it's a kind of a good way to start. But, you know, is it draining? Well, I'm kind of quite confident in in recording these and I'm used to doing this sort of stuff. So for me, I'm I'm enjoying it, you know, I'm relishing it. And uh, you have to give each episode your all and try and make each episode unique. I think those are the important things. I hear too many people who just kind of repeat the same stuff episode in, episode out, and they'll, they'll appear on 10 different podcasts and effectively each episode will be the same. So I think trying to keep each one at least a little bit fresh for some topics or discussion that you haven't talked about on other podcasts is, is always important. Um, and of course, if it, if you're kind of sounding tired and bored on a podcast, it's going to come across, isn't it, to the listener? You need to try and remain upbeat, I think, and uh, yeah. and it's sort of excited and happy and passionate because that ultimately is is the sales process. The listener will be purely judging you by how you sound. Mm. The 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 point you touched on there as well, I was thinking about. It, there's obviously the as a guest. But then you, you touched on something there where you were saying, if you're talking about the, the, exactly the same subject over and over again, of course, that's going to be draining. Yeah. Of course, it's going to come across as, yeah. But I, even as a as a host, when we get pitched, people that want to come on our podcast mm. and I kind of read the pitch and it's it really is, I can tell it's templated. It, you know, they're setting this out to 100 podcasts and it's just not exactly 
um, there's no desire to move beyond this one topic. Yeah, that can be that can be just a bit uh, draining or or boring as a host to think. I don't really want to. I want someone. I want to have the creative freedom here to kind of move around this topic a little bit. So I think um, yeah, like you said, maybe tailoring podcasts as much as you can if you're a guest and being willing uh, to explore topics in a little bit more detail and you're completely right there's no way to escape the energy on a podcast that's what I find fascinating yeah. is that um to, you have to keep yeah I, I think also you have to keep yourself engaged you have to be curious because if you're not curious that will come across on a podcast and it just feels a bit robotic absolutely um, the other thing as well is when you're on a podcast think about who the audience is and what the host wants to achieve because uh, you know, some people embark on podcast tours and they're very much just thinking, oh, I'm just going to promote myself. I'm out to promote, you know, my book launch or this new product. But actually, mm-hmm. you know, the host has got an audience that maybe hasn't heard of you before. So, you know, who is that audience? And what, you know, obviously your your audience is marketers, right? So we're talking about mm-hmm. specifically, you know, how to use podcasting in business and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, you need to keep your topics fresh for, for that specific audience and, and relevant for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we're trying to do actually with um, some format changes at the moment on this podcast, uh, a little bit of more of that how to advice for marketers, people that want the specific practical kind of uh, ideas on how to improve marketing. Um, And yeah, with experienced specialists from their, from their respective disciplines. Um, Moving on to, so I guess that covers time really well. Mm. And then the next thing I see is money. So um, People thinking that they have to invest lots of cash in maybe a podcast recording studio yeah. and all the equipment. I, I actually can't remember, but this is covered in a really good guide. I'll link to it in the show notes from podcast.co where you, bre- I, I can't remember, you break down three different types of studio setups. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's the equivalent of a basic intermediate and advanced. Mm. Could you perhaps speak on the costs associated with what you would see as those three different types of setup yeah of course i mean at a basic level i always recommend especially if you're doing podcasting for for your business it's worth investing in at least a decent quality microphone because it makes all the difference and it will send sound 10 times better than if you're recording into perhaps your laptop built-in mic which is fine if you're doing video calls and stuff but podcasting you want to make sure your audio is crisp as possible so at a basic level there's um, various options available i won't start quoting them but uh, as you say if you look at the guide there'll be all the links to amazon and everything basic level usb microphone which is great you know you can set it up on your desktop a lot of them come with little stands you know and you can plug it directly into your computer or your laptop pc or mac and it's really plug and play so there's no technical expertise required and that immediately will make you sound uh, you know 10 times better than just like i said before the built-in mic so make sure you're kind of using it when you sort of sat in front you're relatively close because again that just helps with you know background noise and um, if you're not in a perfectly sort of acoustically treated room uh, it will help with all the kind of echo and if you're back here like this you can see what i mean it doesn't sound as good Mm -hmm. as if i'm back if as if i'm right in front of the mic um next level up you might want a USB audio interface and an XLR microphone. This will just generally give you a little bit better quality in terms of it will sound more professional and also allow you to record or connect more than one mic. So you might have a Scarlett 2i2, which is the interface we've used for years, uh, or Audient do great interfaces as well. And these are basically little boxes that sit on your desktop. They have XLR inputs, and if you've ever used any kind of mics in the past, XLR is just like a cable that you connect mics with. 
And, um, you know, quite often you'll have two microphones connected, which is, again, great if you're interviewing someone else or if you've got a co-host sat with you as well. So you can record two channels at once. If you want to get go to another level up, and again, actually, just to touch on that, and before I go on the next level, the, there's tons of microphones then at your disposal. So you can spend as much or as little as you want. You can spend anything from like £50 or $50 right up to a couple of grand if you really want to go all out, you know. Um, but, you know, I've interesting, I've recorded a video recently, which will be on my YouTube channel, which is uh, where I cover 20 different types of microphone that are kind of popular in podcasting and uh, radio. I'll link, I'll link to that yeah, as well. it's going yeah, live I'll today be... actually, and and then um, oh, that is ranging from like li- you know, sort of lesser budgets right up to like the really high end professional stuff that you see used in studios. So again, it just depends on the result you want. You know, I don't think there's actually a huge amount of difference between uh, you know we've got a microphone at the office which is like it's a Neumann U87. It costs two thousand pounds, and it's in our kind of booth at the office, like our sound booth. That's really mm. expensive, but I actually don't think you know for me, I'm not like an audiophile. But I don't think it sounds that that much um, massively different to something which is less than a hundred pounds. So, you know, just get what you can afford. I think, but there's tons of recommendations on the site anyway. And then I suppose the next up, you might want to buy more equipment. So you might have a mixer, which is um, there's a great uh, tool called a Rodecaster Pro, and uh, Rode have released this mixing desk, and it's it's a completely like an industry game changer. That there's nothing else like they're really on this on them in the market. I'm sure other manufacturers are going to kind of follow. Um, but it's a kind of hybrid thing. It's You can plug it in. It can accept SD cards, which mean you can record on location. You can have up to, I think, four different mics connected. Um, you can also Bluetooth your phone to it as well. So if you want to take calls, you can take WhatsApp calls or um, Skype or whatever. Um, you know, again, you can have lots of different audio connected. It's got little pads that you can attach sound effects to. So really cool bit of kit. And it's about 500 quid, I think. Obviously, that's just for the mixer. So you obviously then need to go out and buy mics to connect to it but i think you know if you if you're looking to to kind of get a really professional setup perhaps you've got you know if you're a business and you want to treat a conference room like a podcast studio that's something that you can get because as i say you can connect four mics to it you can fade people up and down and it's really cool but as i say the fact that you can plug an sd card in means you can take it anywhere you don't even need a laptop to record which i think is totally a game changer are you ready to enhance your future in tech then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from 
beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hmm. Uh, something I was thinking, and I'm going to link to all of those resources that you mentioned as you were talking, but something that just struck me is that I imagine people that are used hmm. to advanced studio setups um, given the pandemic, are not able to record together. So I expect that there, there are lots of people out there that need this information because they're having to adapt, people that have it podcasts already, having to adapt their setups mm. um, to re- record differently. Has it? Che- I'm, get- I'm guessing for yourself, do you, are you recording at home? Yeah, at so moment? I'm at home. Obviously, I've got quite a good setup because I'm very nerdy, uh, you know, at, at <laughs> home. But, you know, the so we normally opera, we have a studio here in Manchester. We also have one down in London, yeah. New York and Amsterdam as well. And uh, normally clients record in these studios. Um, obviously, they can't do that now, right now because the studios are closed and obviously you can't, you're not supposed to be that close to people. So it's kind of a lot of clients have put it on hold, but we have got some who are kind of being brave and they want to continue doing it remotely. It's a real mix, actually, um, because yeah. obviously most of the clients who rent our studios are businesses, they're organizations, and we generally work with those clients on a full service basis. So you know, we, we send a producer into the studio to record with them. We then edit it for them and obviously push it up to the platform for publishing, uh, you know, onto the internet. So um, really working a full service in a, a lot of organizations, that's because they're, they're not really interested. And why should they be in, in actually learning how to edit audio or set things up? And they want to get a good quality sounding recording, which is, you know, at a professional level without having to learn how to do it. You know, obviously that comes at an additional expense because you know it's you, you're paying people for their time you've got the producer in the room etc uh you know so that's the sort of premium way to do it however you know if you want really good results in your business and you have a marketing budget to use then that's certainly a way forward mm. i look forward to the day where studios are open again because um at the moment so i'm recording uh we uh, we typically record yeah. remotely, but we have an office. Our office is closed at the moment, so I'm recording this from home. I'm lucky enough to have a separate room, um, but it's not, you know, the soundproofing is okay. It's not great. I've got a good microphone, pop shield, so forth, good good, um, good laptop, and kind of I'm using Zencaster yeah. for the remote, which uh, which actually the recommendation for that came from podcast.co, so thanks. For that. I, found that, I found this particularly useful mm. with Zencaster. Um, but one thing I just there are a few things that I just haven't been able to avoid one of them which you'll probably hear during this podcast is my cat somewhere in the background which I, I might try and edit out as much as possible but uh, there are just things that you know people knocking the door yeah. people outside shouting things that you just can't anticipate that I've just been unable to avoid so I'm looking forward to the day where I can uh, I, I, I kind of uh, I think you mentioned earlier I'm I do like a good audio experience, yeah. but at the same time, I think everyone's accepting um, that there are things at the moment outside of our control. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll link to a lot of those resources. I'll be digging into those resources myself to help me. Actually, on the topic, what, what are some, if you've got any quick tips for remote recording while you're at home, are there any things that come to mind? That can yeah, help? I mean, Zencast you've just mentioned is fantastic. There's another one as well mm. called cleanfeed.net. They have a really good free plan, actually. So uh, you don't really need to pay for it. And CleanFeed, Zencaster, basically, the way these these tools work is they use browsers have all got really good codecs built into them now. So they just leverage what is basically going on behind the scenes within the Chrome browser. 
uh, like P2P communication. So they're, they're pretty cool tools, um, but they're just opening up what's already in the browser. And so effectively, they're using the right codecs. So the quality of the audio is a lot better. I've interestingly, this 30 and 30 days uh, thing that I'm doing, most of these have been via Zoom. Now, I would lead, I would advise against using Zoom. Just it's easy. There's no there's no problem with it. It's acceptable. But I just think the quality of the audio in Zoom isn't as good. I think they're obviously compressing it a lot more. They're using a different codec to sort of reduce bandwidth. Which yeah, I suppose when you've got ten people all chatting together on a video call makes sense. But if you're just doing a one on one conversation with someone, it means that the, the quality is just not as good. So you know, Zencaster Clean Feed. They are audio only. And again, I think some people like video because it gives you a different dynamic. You can see the person. Sometimes people want to record the video as well. But that, that's kind of my two cents on it, really. Oh, that's interesting. It's something I've been, I mean, I found the audio on Zencaster to yeah. be amazing. So I've had no problems with it yet. Um, and I think it, it does help to eliminate uh, some of the issues that we have with home recording, you know, background noise. They've got automatic post-production as well, which which helps with the final mix before yeah. editing. Um but the um, you touched on what did you touch on there. Um, you were talking about that. What was the other tool? Cleanfeed.net, Cleanfeed. Yeah. Uh, and what is that similar? Pretty to much Zencaster? the same. Yeah, they they offer a, oh. a pro plan like Zencaster. The the benefit of these tools is they record locally on each end. So right now Zencaster is recording that the raw input from my microphone without sort of streaming over the internet, and then once it's once we've finished, it will then upload it to to your end. That's basically how it works. So it means you, you get the kind of the full HD experience, or if you like, on both sides. Uh, so Zencaster, CleanFeed, perfectly perfect tools. And as I say, CleanFeed have got a free plan as well, so it's it's pretty good. And the point about Zoom is really interesting as well because it's something I've been toying with um, in terms of expanding beyond our podcast to video. Yeah. And it's it's. Um, I mean, firstly, I've been just trying to adapt to make sure that I've got a good audio experience. And I agree from from the podcast that I've listened to where I know that they've been recorded on Zoom, the audio quality hasn't been as good. And it, it isn't as enjoyable uh, as an enjoyable listening experience. Um, but also, I, just as a just as a host, I like to kind of not worry about the visual element. It's something I was speaking to a previous guest about just before we started recording. Um, he, he was saying to me, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful this is just via Zencaster because when it's via video, you get there's so many distractions. You can't really focus in on the questions, the audio. You're not really actively yes. listening. And um, so I've personally enjoyed Zencaster for that because without the pressure of the video. Element, you know that, I, I think you make a very good point there, actually. And that brings back to why podcasts are popular and have been successful, because there is a different form of communication. It's audio only, which is like the oldest. We were, were speaking to each other as humans before we were writing. So I think that's why it resonates with people so well, because as you say, you've got that focus. Plus also you can have it on in the background. You can listen to a podcast whilst you're doing something else. Hmm. Yeah, no, so I think I'm, I'm going to stick with audio yeah. for the time being um, because I, I enjoy the experience more. I'll be interested to know though, uh, listeners, if you've got any preference, uh, you'd like to see video uh, added to this, let me know, uh, send us an email at growoutsidevisibility.com. Okay, uh, I'm going to move on to uh, another obstacle, which is knowing the topics to discuss. Again, we briefly touched on this earlier when we were talking about it can be draining if you're covering exactly the same topics. So if you're, if for our listeners out there that perhaps are thinking of starting yep. a podcast, don't really, you know, maybe they've been told that they're, 
particularly good at active listening or speaking. They know that it might be a good medium. Perhaps they just prefer audio um, uh, as a medium through which to communicate, um, you know, rather than blogging or video. But they just don't know where to get started with the topics. What are some tips you can give? I think ultimately start with the problems or the questions that your audience or your market are having. You know, find out what are the common pitfalls that say, um, obviously with podcast.co, you know, a lot of the questions. So, for example, you know, which equipment do I need? Or, you know, I don't know what to say. We we start with that one whenever we're doing any marketing. And we always think, okay, let's how can we answer those questions? Or how can we deliver as much value as possible to that audience, which will will resonate with them and, and you know help them with solving their problems so i think that's kind of the the clearest and easiest way is just look at your customer base what questions are coming in via sales or sales inquiries or you know what tech support questions have you got coming in if you're a software company and just sort of go through those find the commonalities and build podcast content that that answers those questions and then go above and beyond that you know and expand that discussion into other areas i think that's kind of the easiest way of doing it really um the, another method is obviously just getting guests on that you think are going to be relevant to your audience you know like you're doing now and thinking okay what areas of expertise does this guest have you know what are, what are their experiences and what can we learn from them and obviously you can really easily create content again because all you have to do is just sort of think about a bunch of questions that you think that guest would be great at answering you know put them down in a doc and uh, you know just fire through them and really then you're just relying on the guest to actually provide provide the information the value and again it's just a super easy way of building a lot of content you know, think about then once you've done that, how can you cross-purpose that? So you can turn it into text, you can turn it into blog posts, you know, it doesn't have to just end with the podcast. But yeah, I think, you know, right starting with questions is always a good place to sort of start begin building content, especially if you're building a podcast for business. Obviously, if you're doing something for entertainment, it's going to be a little bit different. But in terms of business and marketing, that's that's my kind of strategy. With the, um, uh, you mentioned matchmaker.fm uh, and I found that, so it's really interesting. I haven't, I'm just about to launch my personal mm. podcast. So I haven't really got a background, although I have got on LinkedIn that I host this and I've been on other podcasts. And despite that, I had um, maybe, I think, 10 to 15 replies within the space of a day after first uh, launching a profile on matchmaker.fm. And I noted that I was launching a new um, advertising podcast and I was potentially looking mm. for guests. Um, and the the range of people on matchmaker.fm uh, is really interesting and some really interesting guests. So th there's sometimes I think can be, and we'll talk about technical savviness in a moment, but I think one of the perceived difficulties in launching your podcast can sometimes be how to get guests, how to book guests, how to find yeah. the right guests. Um, I, I, I'm uh, full of praise for matchmaker.fm because I was really surprised at the results um which i achieved very quickly um how long how long has it been since matchmaker well, it's really launched? new still uh we, to be honest scott we, we launched it in february um about middle of february wow. we're up to about three and a half thousand users on there now uh, that's across both podcasts and 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 sort of experts or guests and you can have both profiles as well and it, you know it's fantastic when we've heard lots of I don't, you know the good thing about matchmaker and what me as an entrepreneur why i'm so proud of it is hearing stories just like you've just said uh, people having excellent results within such a short space of time because you know ultimately we we spent probably six months working on this product before we bought it to market we did some tests to make sure that there was kind of a demand for it on, on the podcast.co site so we had two funnels which we created one was basically you know do you want to get booked on more podcasts as a guest and the other one was you know have you got a podcast are you looking for more interesting guests 
And we have good, great responses to both funnels. And all it was is just a Google form, you know, to sort of qualify people, um, which which then sort of spurred us on to actually create the platform and, and build it out as, as its sort of standalone product, which it is. Amazing. Um, yeah, it gets my glowing recommendation. So if you are, as James was talking through there, if you're thinking about a pod, an interview-based podcast and you don't quite know where to get started in terms of guests and topics, um, jump on matchmaker.fm, build a profile. It takes maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, you can link via LinkedIn, Google, I think, uh, yeah, those two, uh, maybe via podcast.co as well. Um, and uh, you'll quickly find guests and quick and interestingly, you'll quickly find interesting topics uh, related to guests as guests have to build, build out a profile as well so thanks for that um yeah i'm really looking forward to um getting on to um i've got uh, interviews lined up now over the next couple of months with guests that i found on matchmaker.fm so uh, i'm really looking forward to going through that process right. just um in closing um i've no i've noted as technical savviness as one of the obstacles or potential yeah. obstacles to podcasting so or the perceived technical difficulty of launching a podcast can you maybe talk to me? I think you touched on this very early where you you talked about, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it, it was more difficult to launch a podcast than it is now. Perhaps could you speak on the evolution of how easy it has become to launch a podcast and how it works? Yeah, on so we, we, that was really one of the goals when we designed podcast.co is to sort of break down the barriers because the, the way podcasting work, and I, I won't bore, with it, bore you with it with too much detail, is you have something called an RSS feed. And most people are like, you know, what the heck is an RSS feed? And it's like, if you look at an RSS feed, it's ugly as hell. It's just like, looks like computer code almost. And that effectively is a podcast. Now, the, that barrier for most people is too much. So we thought, right, well, how can we do this without people having to worry about this RSS feed? So the the main kind of uh, process with podcast.co, which, which we started doing differently. And again, a lot of competitors have now started doing this as well. But when we were designing it, we there was really no one else doing this. We thought, well, why don't we just handle this process for our clients so when you sign up all you have to do is say please distribute this podcast for me you never have to look at or understand about how to submit this rss feed to these various different directories and they've all got different ways of you know accepting submissions which makes it even more confusing for people so basically you upload your first episode you then say to us please please distribute this to you know apple podcasts uh spotify google tune in uh, pocket cast various others and we handle that process for you. So you never have to worry about the kind of mechanics of how it all works. So that's kind of like really one of our main USPs. Aside from that, we offer all sorts of other fancy tools, you know, like automatic uh, AI transcription, which is basically where it turns the audio into text using computer technology. Um, you can create little video clips of your podcast using a partnership we have called Headliner, which is an awesome tool, which you can, as I say, you just go straight from your dashboard. You can start editing it and you can pull out like little quotes or tidbits of you know, gold and nuggets of information and then share those video clips to social media, which is a fantastic way of driving traffic back to the podcast. Um, and also just but made the, the UI super clean and super simple to use because a lot of the other podcast hosts out there really, they've been around for like 10 years. And weirdly, they just don't seem to have updated themselves much. So they're kind of quite clunky, hard to use, and they look very old school in the sort of user experience. So that's one of the things what we want to do is just make the product really clean and, uh, you know, unintimidating for people who are getting started whilst retaining as much kind of the power features that people expect as well. 
it's um it's really interesting that you touched on i think user experience and maybe yeah. design there one of the things that stood out to me about podcast.co is um you have nailed the the you have made things like clickable buttons things you yeah. want to click so whoever whoever is involved in your team a big shout out to them in terms of the user experience and user interface and the design because the branding is spot on and it makes me um it's actually one of the things that helped me get over my procrastination in launching a podcast um or thinking about launching a personal one. We, we've had this site visibility podcast for over 15 years so it's not as difficult but when i was looking into launching a personal podcast i was looking at different platforms that were available and the process the branding the information that you share via podcast.co it all helped me go, get over those little excuses that i had made in my mind and it, it's um yeah, there's there's no other way to describe it. It's all very clickable. That's a heart. It's a it's yeah. a feeling, isn't it, with user experience? And it's a really good feeling. So uh, yeah, big shout out to your team, whoever's working on that. Well, thanks very much. That means a lot. And, and as I say, we before we launched, you know, this wasn't an overnight process. We spent you know the best part of a year. Actually, it was probably just over a year actually building the platform. And before we put, took it to market, so we were we put you know an incredible amount of work in the get from the get go into making the process you know a pleasant experience for users because i think that's really core of a product and especially when you know i understand that it is intimidating for a lot of people who want to start podcasting traditionally it has been so that was really one of the reasons we wanted to build something that was you know breaking down those sort of barriers and it's interesting as well you mentioned about procrastinating because i think you know this is a nice little point to finish up on um a lot of people will think about starting a podcast but not actually do it so the sooner you can start the better you know because ultimately it doesn't have to be perfect from the get-go and you're not going to have the chances are you're not going to have millions of people listening to the first episode so you've got time to sort of reiterate and improve but starting soon or just getting started is the first step really and, and a lot of people just think about it for far too long and then it, you know a year later and then there's there's even more competition out there so the sooner you can start the better excellent so uh, on that note we've talked about the easier the ease of access or the ease of launching a podcast is not as difficult as you may think there's loads of resources on podcast.co to yep. explore that uh, the technical difficulty um again uh, james i'll link to all of your uh, references to podcasts yep. and setups so again, that you there's a low barrier to entry when it comes to the technical difficulty. If you're looking for interview-based podcasts and you need somewhere to start, you've got matchmaker.fm. And um, in terms of building it into your schedule, if you're struggling for time, consider um, building out seasons and testing one season first. And uh, maybe you want to give Bok Recording a, a try as James is doing or set yourself a challenge perhaps <laughs> as James is doing for 30 podcasts in 30 days. Maybe that that can become a regular thing. Maybe that can be, become a podcast.co regular thing. Um, so in closing, all of these show notes will be at sitevisibility.co.uk. Um, James, you mentioned Headliner actually somewhere yep. in that conversation. I've been using Headliner more recently to take clips of this podcast. So if you're a, if you're a listener of this podcast, um, let us know your feedback on some of the clips we're sharing via social media. We're using the, the Headliner tool. So big shout out to them. Um, it's been really useful to repurpose our podcast content into social media clips. 
Um, and James, can you let people know where they can find you? Of course, yeah. Visit podcast.co, matchmaker.fm. And if you're interested in radio as well, radio.co. And my social links are all on jamesm.com slash connect. That's jamesm for mike.com slash connect. That's uh, links to all my social profiles. I've, I'm creating content about podcasting and stuff like that all the time. And also our team are, are doing that as well on, on the podcast.co channel. So go and check it out. Amazing. Well, on that note, thanks for your time, James. I know you're uh, very busy, got a very busy day. I wish you all the best with the rest of your challenge. Uh, and I look forward to jumping over and speaking to you. It's on been a pleasure. Thank you moment. very much for having me. It's been a really interesting conversation. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.